0: and I believe the revival is going to be in the heart.
1: That's good.
0: A lot of people revival believe is going to be in the young people. I believe it's in people that are hungry for God and no matter what the age. Young at heart coming like a child into Christ. And I get excited about all opportunities. And tonight I just get like, oh Lord, what do you want to talk about? And sometimes it's like when I'm asking that, I don't mean like I don't know what to talk about. I feel like there's a treasure chest and I could talk about so many different things. I know we could talk But we could talk about, we could talk about. How many know that's fun when you get the word like that? How many know the word is not a discipline, it's an opportunity? And when we get that hunger to see the word that way, you begin to get treasures. And it's like this big treasure. Anybody have that toy box back in the day? We used to have one that locked. I don't know who would give a kid a toy box that locked because we'd always take the toys out and then put the person in there, right? <laughs> Lock it, lose the keys, and man, it was like jacked up. We had to get like people to get crowbars and stuff, but that's what we did. And, but uh, that toy chest was great about it. My grandma had one. I had one at my house. The thing that I loved about this toy chest was there was many toys, and a lot of times I'd take out each toy and look at it. And then I find some toys and I mix toys up and I play with them and and it was awesome. You could spend hours and have tons of entertainment and it was amazing. And that's what I feel the Lord has given us, the opportunity to have. But most of us have looked at it as a disciplined book to figure out the rules and the ways of God. When you read the Bible trying to find the ways and rules of God, it does not mean you're going to understand the heart of God. Anybody ever gotten a text before and didn't interpret it correctly? You got the instruction, you got the way, you understood what they said, but you had no idea the heart behind it, and so therefore you misinterpret it. Oh, come on, someone. You know how many people are reading the Bible, getting its instruction, getting its ways, putting down the description of God, but lacking the heart of the author himself and are misinterpreting according to their heart. So they read the word, God loves you, or he's like a father, and they interpret it to the absence of a father in their life, or the the father that didn't say the right words, or the father that was too strict, and they put the earthly father on the heavenly father instead of getting the heavenly father on earth. Because we're not looking at the scriptures, we're looking at what they're saying, but we're not looking at the one who's saying it. How do you interpret a message without understanding the heart of the messenger? Well, come on, church. Too many times we're reading the Scriptures and we're interpreting it like we misinterpret a text. We assume we know the heart of God because we read the Scriptures. No, my friends. The Scriptures are to tune you into the heart to cause you to go look for the heart so that you can understand what you just read. But many of us think because of our idea that we think we know something when we read something makes us think we know how to interpret the word, but we're missing the word. When we interpret the word, let me tell you something, it will affect and change your life and you'll begin to weep or begin to laugh. You'll begin to rejoice and shout out or you'll begin to mourn. But you will not read it and put away and make, say, okay, God, I did my 10 minutes. And God's not mad that you do your 10 minutes. He's not mad about that at all. He's just like, "Man, you keep on reading my text and you keep on thinking you know what I'm saying and you repeat what I'm saying, but you repeat it from your heart instead of my heart. No wonder we don't have life in church like we th- thought we should." Especially in the book of Acts. Think about in the book of Acts what church looked like. Oh, come on, someone. It was a party. It was fun. Oh, and they met nightly, not just for a four-day conference, and tried to look at their work schedule. Come on, someone. It wasn't something, well, i got to go to church. It was, oh, I have to go do my work, but I'm going to church. Because the Word was coming alive. And what's crazy about that time in Acts, what's absolutely crazy is they did not have the New Testament to read. But they were reading the scriptures. They were reading the Old Testament, and the Old Testament was causing them to even hunger for more of the heart of the Father. When it used to be, people read the scriptures in the Old Testament, and what do they do? Create more laws to follow the laws that they read. They were misinterpreting the Father's heart in the law. Jesus didn't say, He said, I did not come to abolish the law, but I've come to Fulfill the law. What was he saying? I want you to get the heart of the law, not just obey the law. When you have the heart of the law, you no longer have to obey the law, you are the law. Oh, come on. When you are saved and you become a new creature, you are no longer a murderer. You're no longer an adulterer, for you're holy. Remember, we talked about being holy yesterday. And when you're holy, then you're able to walk in a different realm in a different way and so that when your spirit man walks, as you walk, your shadow goes and people are convicted for how they cannot obey the laws of God. And either they rebel and go to more wickedness or they repent and come to Christ and you just walk by. That's what it was like with Jesus. That's what it was like when Peter, his shadow walked by. Even their physical bodies were responding to the fulfillment of the law. But see, if we don't know the heart of the Father, then we'll become pharisaical, or we become over-gracious or merciful and let people do whatever they want because we have no idea what the Father's trying to say. We just interpret the Scriptures into our own, what we think it's trying to say. So all of a sudden, we become the author of the text instead of Him being the author. And we end up either tickling ears or condemning people, and we have no balance. Have you been to those churches or places or heard sermons where... It's constantly tickling in the ear. And then I love the people who are judging those people because you're usually the people that are really judgmental and judging everybody going to hell. Are you guys catching me? It's very hard to find a balanced person out there who's dividing the word rightly. You want to know how to divide the word rightly? Stop trying to memorize a scripture and spend time with the author. Wow. He says, he says, you and I are to... How many know he says those that love me, What? What do they do? They keep his commandments. Most of us try to keep the commandments to show that we love him. Because that's how we read that. Oh, wow, I got to prove I love you. Do, do, do. I got to show you. I got to show you something. He's like, you don't have to show me anything. Every time you try to show me something, you mess up. Can I just tell you, I actually have this picture of my daughter she made for me. It was not really positive of all what it is. I don't know, but it's really cute. My daughter gave me this, God thinks you're cool. <laughs> I was like, what do you think? And she didn't answer, but that's okay. <laughs> Secure what the Lord thinks of me. But this one here, i still not really sure, which I don't know if it's this direction. I think it is because of her name, but I actually think it looks better that way. But I really don't know. And I was thinking about this. The Lord showed me this a while ago. How many know Billy Graham is? Right. Man, that guy had a ministry, didn't he? our best doing for God like Billy Graham is like this it's messy it doesn't make any sense it's all over the place and now see this piece of artwork that my daughter's given me is in my Bible and when I open this it makes my heart leap when I look at a professional piece of artwork I think about why does it cost so much money and I don't carry it with me I don't even want it in my house the art is beautiful the contrast is perfect the colors are, are, are just incredible this right here horrible artwork the colors are I don't even know what they are there's no lines there's no structure and this is the best that you and I can do for God but why would God carry around this with the word of his heart because of the one that did it not because of what you did But see, if you read the text wrong, you're going to try to perfect this and think you became an artist for God and you're doing something for Him. And He's going to look at you and go, what did you do? Come on, someone. When I realized my best ministry for God is going to look like this, can I tell you that I actually quit? I resigned. And I said, no longer am I here for you. Do you know what the Levite's first job was? It was not to minister to the people. He says, do this to minister to me. See, now you know why I do my artwork? Not for you. I would not come all the way to Ohio for 60 people. I wouldn't. I got a family. I got a, I got a ministry that's bigger than that's going on right now. that's in my own church. Our school ministers running 85 students. Thank goodness this week they're all gone anyway, so I guess it'd be pretty small. But the <laughs> point being is, it wouldn't matter. I would have came anyway, because I'm not doing it for you. I came to do it for him. Are you guys catching this? That's
1: good.
0: And he keeps it. And it's not perfect. I don't say everything right. I don't do everything right. But he loves what I'm doing because today I'm in Ohio because I'm in love with him. I'm not in love with you, although I'm falling in love with your pastors. I'm going to know them so much. Well, one of them, the other one's not so cool. But that's not the point. <laughs> I learned some mama jokes your dad was telling me. You guys are all telling them about. I can't believe your wife, I can't believe she lets it happen, but that's awesome. You are awesome with the mama jokes. I learned a lot more about you today, so you can tell me more stories. She's been trying to tell me about her life, and he keeps on, I've already heard it from him. So i heard his whole life, so it's been awesome. But my point is that if we read this text, we're going to try to become the greatest artist and get all everything in order, and he's going to care less about the art, he's going to look at the artist himself. Are you guys catching me? And you're going to go, look at this. And then somebody's going to present this. And he's going to say, well done. Come on in. And he's going to look at the perfect arm and go, I don't know you. Wow. I don't know you. But the word says in your Bible. And then the Bible. What are you going to read when you're in heaven? What are you going to read in heaven? Hold on, God. I'm reading about you right now. Let me read Genesis. Did you know you were there in the beginning? Incredible. Imagine me being married but spending all my time trying to be, learn how to be married in books and in counseling sessions and music and songs without ever being time with my wife. How ridiculous would that be? And do you think he's coming for a bride that's interested in trying to figure out how to be married? Or do you think he's interested in a bride that can't get his eyes or her eyes off of his? Oh, come on, someone. He's drawing us in. But see, so many of us, if you don't know the author... Of the one that's right and when i say no i mean i know you can tell me right I, I i know that but i'm talking where he ravishes your heart when you begin to open this up it begins to cause you to weep it begins to move your heart because you spent so much time here you're not trying to be doctrinally correct you don't care to teach people about the word you're not trying to have all the right words or how to argue this doctrine this doctrine how many know many of us are studying the word so we can other argue, argue doctrine with our brothers and sisters in christ oh. And thinking God's going to be happy that I was right and they were wrong. God does not think that's good at all. He say you might have been right, but you found death instead of finding life because you fought against the very thing I loved. They may have been wrong, but at least they loved me and didn't fight against me. If you do not love your brethren, then he's not with you. If you do not forgive your brethren, he will not forgive you. I do not study the Bible to be doctrinally correct. I study the Bible to fall in love, and that makes me a doctrine. Oh, come on, someone. We've divided the church over the issue of speaking in tongues or not. We've divided the church and how we take offerings, how a building is built. Divided the church over prophetic words, non prophetic words. Divided the church. I mean, people church hop like it's a movie theater. I don't get fed there. Did you know maybe you're supposed to come to church to feed others? Well, I don't really get along with my pastor. Well, learn how to be undercover. Because if you can't be under this pastor, you can't be under the king of kings and lord of lords. Well, I have a personal relationship. No, we have a body relationship. Oh, come on, someone. Everybody's interested. You know, many of us are speaking in tongues and thinking this is a personal thing. We want the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we think it's personal. Tongues does have personal, but it has corporate. But let me stick to this way. We look for the baptism of the Holy Spirit so we can have a counselor. Do you guys know what the main reason for the Holy Spirit was? Why was the Holy Spirit sent? You probably know this. Why was the main reason he was sent? To empower. For what purpose? So I could be a powerful man of God? Well, Why would he give me power? To who? Who? Others. Who are the others? Believers or non-believers? Ah. Remember we keep on talking about the kingdom principles and having things in order. What we're saying is not wrong. The order is. I am totally not going to be doing baptisms tonight. Is that okay if the water stays there? Or just took a little... (laughs) Shot off. We're going to have a great time. That's hilarious. Actually, actually I took one at 5.30. It was hot. Yeah, take a bath. Yeah, wow, okay. I mean, maybe we'll get there. I don't know. But for right now, we're just going to move down. I feel like the Lord. All right, so. I I want to, I'm going to, we're going to answer that question, the Holy Spirit, in two seconds. Let's go to something here first. We're going to lead ourselves into this. You guys ready for a little teaching here? I want you to go to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Acts 2, 42. And this is the church in Acts. And what I love about, actually, even before we go down reading this, I want to actually read a little bit something else in Acts and, and talk about something what happened in the church. How many want to see revival in the church? Some people are praying for it, and I actually believe it's not something we necessarily need to pray for. It's something we need to prepare for. God wants to do revival. We don't need to beg him to do that. So if he wants to do it, then what's the problem? Ah. And so here we are. uh, Let me see. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 14. And this is, again, the book of Acts, just for a little... uh, understanding the word here, the book of Acts is the historical book of salvation in the church of Acts. I mean, and the church. It's a historical book. It tells you the story of how to be saved. The Gospels give us the empowerment to be saved. The book of Acts will actually give you the process of salvation. We'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow, probably, I think, maybe. The process of salvation, which is so awesome. The epistles are talking to believers, so it is actually not a doctrinal book. Those are not doctrinal books about how to be saved, I mean, how to get saved. They're doctrinal books about how to stay saved and walk in salvation. And so Paul will address issues of salvation, but he actually doesn't talk about the process of salvation because he's already talking to people that are saved, now, he'll, he'll talk about a piece of it because he's trying to help them understand their portion of their salvation so they can walk in it. Many people have read Paul to find the book, find the process of salvation, and they're missing it. And salvation is a process just like marriage is a process. It's not a ticket. It's a relationship. Oh, come on, someone. It's a relationship. If it's just a ticket, then you get your ticket, you get your ticket, I get my ticket, let's hang on to our own ticket and do whatever we can to hang on that ticket, and guess what you're doing? You're missing it. It's about a relationship, it's about a relationship, then I need to love what he loves, and I need to love the person next to me and not just get my own ticket. Wow. You guys staying with me? everybody seen been to Chuck E. Cheese before? You see everybody get those tickets out? And they're only going to get a piece of candy, but how greedy are those for those tickets? They don't care about no one else. Actually, if you miss your ticket and walk by, they grab that ticket. Sounds like the church. Somebody misses it or somebody's not as anointed, you step up and see, I'll be there instead of laying down your life so they can be there. Oh, come on, someone. And so in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, it says this. They, these all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication. What did they do? They came in What? One accord and they pray. They didn't all have individual come in and get my own personal walk with God. They all came in one accord and they prayed together. How many know when the Holy Spirit fell, it was because they came in one accord? Everybody keeps, oh, Holy Spirit, fall! Fall! Everybody wants him to individually fall instead of him corporately fall. And we all have our own different agendas and the Holy Spirit can't fall because he's coming to make the body healthy to prepare a bride for the king of kings and lord of lords. The main purpose of the Holy Spirit is not for you to have power for the lost. It's so that you can love and have power for your brethren. Because the job of the Holy Spirit is to prepare the bride. The Holy Spirit's job first is to declare who he is. And number two is prepare those that declare he is as one, as a bride. Think about all the gifts the Holy Spirit gives. And what are they for? In Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. and in Ephesians is Ephesians four, it talks about the body of Christ. He says, "I give you these gifts so that you can, what? minister to the, edify and minister to the and we use it for the world." And we think using the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the world, we're looking for a prophetic word for the world. We're looking for, and that's all cool. But it actually says when they hear prophecy, and it was talking about when they're in a church, then they will be moved by the prophetic and come on in. Oh, come on, church. It says in Acts chapter 2, and this is the beginning Verse 1, right before the Holy Spirit fell, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Think about this for a minute. Ten days they sat up there. There was no event coordinator. No showers. They were in a desert area, so it was very hot. And 120 people had different lives, different situations going on, were so desperate for the king of kings and the Lord of lords to give what he said he was going to give. They waited not five minutes, not 20 minutes, not three minutes at the altar, but ten days waiting for God to give his promise. How many you know when we talked about knocking and seeking, that's some serious knocking and seeking, isn't it? Yeah. Woo, come on somebody. And... For 10 days, they are able to say at the 10th day, they're in one accord and one mind. Imagine just all of us staying in this room for 10 days. What do you think that would be like? (laughs) We might really get to know something, but I don't know if we're going to end in one accord and one mind. Are you guys staying with me? But they were so in tune with the author, they were so in tune with the heart of the Father they weren't trying to figure out how to be unified they were it was a response to the love of christ that they were unified and then what happens the holy spirit falls and then when the holy spirit falls we begin to see the church and how many know when the holy spirit fell then then people started asking questions about the church the church did not go out they were just so loud and cra- crazy they thought they were having a party and people started hearing through the windows and then Peter preaches it to them to explain what is going on and what happens. 3,000 get saved. How many of you know that's a revival? Yeah. And They don't have big intercoms and big speakers and nice buildings. 3,000 get saved by hearing Peter preach after, but, but, but they stop because they heard something up there going crazy up there and begin to wonder what was going on. Peter just explains what's going on and they say, I want some of that action. How many know Jesus will draw men unto him as long as these men that are in church are already drawn to him? Not to others, to pe- trying to fill the pews, but to him and his ways. Now, pay attention. This is Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and it describes the church. Acts 2, verse 42, and it describes the church and it says this, and they were continually, to continually, steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of the loaves and in prayer. Woo! I love it too you know what you can't leave any of those out you also can't leave out unity first right. and fear came on every soul verse 43 and fear came on every soul and many wonders and miracles took place to the apostles and all who believed were together and had all veins in what? Yes. we probably have a really hard time finding veins in common right in this place and that's just not you it's all of us it's our churches how we do things and they sold their possessions and goods and distributed them, distributed them to all according as anyone had need. And continuing with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they shared food with what? Gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church, what? Daily, Daily those who were being saved.
1: Woo!
0: Now, my brother wrote something and I, he said, let's imagine the church today if it was being described. And they were continuing once or twice a week in many different doctrines and in casual fellowship saying they would pray for one another, but rarely they doing it? Fear came on most souls because the economy was weak and they filled themselves with worldly news and violent entertainment. All who believed said hello to one another and smiled and had very little in common. They gathered their possessions and goods and some gave 10% of their income in the offering and meeting once or twice a week in the church and rarely going to each other's house. They shared food with only one or two of their friends, worrying about the future, having favor only within themselves, and no one was added to the church except on Christmas and Easter. How many want to be revolutionists? Can't keep on doing the same thing hoping for different results. We're in this place, and we got to own it, right? So then, what can we do? Repent and give it away, and so we can begin to see something else. How is the Lord? How is He going to add to the church? I want you to turn with me to John chapter seventeen. John chapter seventeen. John 17 is when the Lord prays for us, which is pretty phenomenal. And he prays a prayer. He's actually first praying for the apostles. And then he turns the pray- prayers to those that would believe through the apostles. And he says this, I do not pray. And verse, I'm sorry, chapter 17, verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, the apostles, but also for those who will believe in me through the word. That they may be one, everybody say One. As you, Father, are in me. How one is that? That they may be one, as Father, you are one with me. How one is that unity? Isn't that what we call the Trinity, which freaks us all out? We try to describe like, well, it's kind of like an egg. There's an outer shell, and there's a yolk, and there's a white stuff. There are three separate beings, but they're all together. It is like so unified, it's so hard to describe. Are you guys staying with me? How do we become one? Can we be one in our marriages? Remember I told you not all facts equal truth. One plus one equals what? Two. That's a fact. You want the truth? One plus one equals one when you're married. But if you approach your marriage with the facts, you're both going to need your individual calling, your individual life, your individual rights, and your individual walk with God, and your individual stuff, and then you want to be unified in the body of Christ, but you're not even a unit at home? The Lord wants to restore marriages. Come on, church. Some of you have been in some broken marriages and hurting marriages, and some of you don't even realize you have a lot of Band-Aids on your marriages, and the Lord's saying, oh, I'm calling you to death that you might find life, that you lose your life, and then you find it. Not go in there and show how much life you have. Well, if you would have known, I don't need to know anything. Would you know what we did to Jesus, and he still wants to be one with us? Come on, someone. When somebody starts telling me about how bad their spouse is, I said, man, do you know how bad you were, but Jesus still wants to be one with you? And he didn't pull all the bad things you did. He just laid down his life and said, would you come back with me? Oh, come on, church. You know what draw the church, people to the body of Christ again, is actually couples actually being in love in church. Love. Being together all the time physically spiritually and mentally i don't know i was on the scene the lord of the spirit said i want to heal marriages right now and some of you're like man i pray you heal him he needs it (laughs) and he's saying no you're the one i want to heal but i didn't Mm. he wants to set you free from your hurt and pain if that's just you it's a pretty bold statement but if you want your marriage healed and you're willing to lay down your life, can you just stand up with me real quickly? I want to pray for you right now. Yeah, this Holy Spirit's coming right now. Jonathan, would you get in the keys for a minute, please? Yeah, we're talking about unity in the church and the Holy Spirit just said, hold on, let's get unity in the home. Some of you, and I'm just waiting for a minute, I just feel some of you don't even, you don't even want to admit there's problems because you want to believe that there's none problems, but you know deep down you're having a hard time. Freedom right now. The Holy Spirit, just come. Whew, some of you have a lot of pain, a lot of pain. Some of you have your baggage you've been carrying into your marriage, just saying this. Well, this is what you get because this is what I have, and you're forgetting the supernatural. How God takes the baggage and gives you jewels. You can't use the excuse of that's what I was because now you're new. Say, God, forgive me for using baggage to push off the very one that you told me to love as you have loved me. Just begin to ask him to forgive you. Forgive me for being offended and hurt. I don't have a right. Lord, I can get hurt, but I do not have the right to be offended. Because I lost my right when you gave up your right to be offended by me. Set me free, Lord. I don't want to be right in my marriage anymore. I want, to be, I want to be dead, Lord, that I lose my life, that I'd find it in you. Teach me to love as you love, oh God. Let me make this clear. None of us deserved to be loved. It's only by the blood that we get to be loved. Come on, receive that mercy right now. Healing's happening right now. Healing, hope is coming right now. Hope is coming right now. The answer just came. Receive that answer, God. I don't live anymore, God. I don't have an expectation on them anymore. The expectation is on me. You gave me a person that I can lay my life down. You did it for the whole world. You're asking me to do it for one. Jesus, let it come. Let it come. Men, don't tell your women to submit. Live lives worthy of being submitted to. Women, don't wait for your men to be worthy to submit. Submit to them. You want to know why? Because it's a heavenly realm that you, listen, we need to be a a bride, spiritually speaking, submitting to the King of Kings. He will not have a bride that's not submitted. Oh, come on, church. Do you know, women, you are the spiritual shadow of eternity? Do it well. You are the prophetic of eternity. What an awesome opportunity to lay down your life for your man and God's going to be perfect your man's going to be imperfect but if you can lay down your life for an imperfect man how much more can you do it for the perfect king of kings and men don't act all tough to your woman act tough on your knees before the king of kings and Lord of lords oh it's freedom right now right now I want you to take all your rights all your pains all your how you've been I want to say God I put that at the foot of the cross right now I let it go How many are starting to feel that freedom right now?
1: Woo! Jesus!
0: Freedom! (laughs) Yes! Even good marriages are getting better right now. (laughs) Woo! Yes, Jesus! Now I want you to begin to say, God, show me how much you love me. Even in all my mistakes and all the things I've done to offend you, show me how much you love me. Begin to ask him right now. Because everything you've held against your bride or against your, your husband has offended God. But now look into his eyes and see what he says. Not offended, but it's, it's an offense to him. He hasn't chosen to be offended, but you have done an offense to him. Look into his eyes and what do you see right now? Do you see condemnation or do you see passionate love saying, yes, come here. Now take that what you see in him for you and give that to the one that's been hurting you. Take what the Father's given you and give it away. Some of you right now, addiction pornography is being broken off. Some of you have been addicted to sports and entertainment, broken off. Women speaking against their husbands, saying, we need to pray for him. All of a sudden, you're having a tongue of wisdom, and you realize, who well, you really need to pray for yourself. Peace right now in the name of Jesus in these marriages. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jonathan, get yourself a chair and just sit up there, buddy. You, can, you don't have to play anymore. You guys can sit down. I love how God works. You know, he says, let there be light and there was light. He said, let your marriage be healed and guess what just happened? So you go, but we got a lot of work to it. It just happened. Let the work at work, it's out now. Come on, church. We love process. He loves finished. Is that what he did? It's finished. Come on. best form of witnessing I I thought my actions too how about compassion maybe you know telling them about Jesus right but it says something right here in John that's pretty powerful you can hold up for a minute buddy because you're going to make me just keep going prophetic and I'm going to in a minute but just hold a second I mean how many know music will release that stuff in you right but I feel like there's something I need to say here and then we're gonna just go have some fun. He says this in John 17, verse 20. Do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. They shall be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. How are we gonna be one in him? By my personal walk? I need you. You need me. But in order for us to be one in Christ, we have to be one. Come on, church. Isn't that awesome? It's kind of scary. We need each other. Watch what it says. I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. What's going to cause the world to believe that Jesus was sent? Not our charity for the world, but our charity for one another. If Jesus is going to pray a prayer... For you and I to be one so the world might know Him. Don't you think that's the best methodology for the people to come to know Him? Not your individual love for the world. I've heard people, well, the churches and not get out there and love them, They don't have any compassion. You are speaking against the very thing you're supposed to love that would bring them in. And you think your compassion is going to bring in and your compassion won't do anything. It's the Holy Spirit that brings people in. If it's compassion, that's why all these other ministry or other uh, de- uh no, not denominations uh, other religions are growing if they have compassion but people don't are not lives are not changed we don't need human compassion we need the holy spirit conviction oh come on church matthew chapter 25 and he goes on and says it again it says it twice but matthew chapter 25 turn there with, with, real quickly with me You guys probably remember this story. It starts in verse 31. And it reads... When the Son of Man came in His glory and all the holy messengers with Him, when He sat on the throne of His glory, all the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And He will set the sheep on His right hand, but the goats on the left. The king. Come on, somebody. Say the king. Remember, what's the gospel? The kingdom of God. Why is that good news? We get to be set free from our kingdom. That should be an amen. I will re-preach that message until we get that. Because everything else, if you don't have that message, then you can't understand the rest of us. You must understand the gospel of the kingdom is the foundation to every other truth. But if you don't have the truth, every other truth will just make brick and mortar. You have the truth, then you have a stone. Come on, church. You must understand the gospel of the kingdom, us being set free from me sitting on my throne, loving what I love and hating what I hate, stop being Dan Palmer, an American and all that and start letting the kingdom of God be what I'm after. That the king let me love what he loves and hate what he hates in the midst of everyone else telling me to sit on my throne. I deny it. I won't seek my house. I won't seek my future. I won't deal with my past. I will not provide for myself. I will stand before him because of the glory. Some of you say, well, I have a job to provide for myself. There's a wrong reason to have a job. The reason we have a job, if God's put you in that place, is is that you be a light into that place. If you get an income, great. If you don't, awesome. Come on, church. We don't live practically. We live supernaturally. Come on, church. People say, we gotta go to school to get an education. I say, no, 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 you don't go to school to get an education. Who's that about? So you can get a job, so you can, who's that about? Do not send your kids to college so they can get an education, so they can get a job, so they can get a career. Let them hear the Lord. Teach your kids how to hear the Lord. Don't teach them how to hear the world. And if they hear the Lord and the Lord says, I feel, I, I feel like I'm supposed to go to this school. Awesome. Go to school. But is it for the education? No, it's so you can bring the education there. And you might get kicked out of school. Thank God, go to another one. Because that means the colleges are your mission field. I mean, that's a different reason. And so it's like, I go because God's called me to be in this mission field. And by the way, I might get an education. Come on, church. How do we send kids to a humanistic school with humanistic idea that they should go there for themselves, but tell them they should still love God in the midst of that? We're not losing our kids because of humanistic school. We're losing our kids because of messages we're giving them as a church and as parents, wanting them to have security in a world instead of a security of the kingdom of God come on church man unity of the body is so important but unity of family and I'm going to say some stuff people are going to feel a little bit condemned but don't it's an opportunity to change the message even if you can't because of your current circumstance that's okay I can't change what I was I was an adulterer I'm all I can't change that the Holy Spirit though has forgiven me I get the blood of the lamb but that's still a scar of my life so I don't get all messed up when people talk about I go man I've been there God set me free and now I'm living a different message So sometimes we'll hear something that can be like, man, that sounds, it's not harsh, but it doesn't mean it doesn't need to be said because if the message doesn't change. Then we're just gonna keep relapsing because we wanna be nice to people. When we say, I can't afford any more kids, what we just told our kids that we currently have is they're too much of an expense. No wonder they don't wanna listen to us when they become adults. When we say to our kids, I can't handle any more kids, you just said those children you currently have, we prophesied in their life that they make you crazy. I did not have eight kids because I went and saw my wife and said, Oh, let's have a big family. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm all about things. I'm like, go get it, get it done. I like a clean house. I don't have that anymore. Right. Don't get don't get wrong. My wife, she does a phenomenal job. When you got eight kids, you can clean. The next thing you know, it's just like bam. Bam. It's crazy. Literally, she'll have the house all clean. She's like, honey, the house I'm like, wow. I was walking I'm like Whoa, picking up all his toys and you know just everywhere i go i'm like just picking up throwing things around it's awesome we didn't have eight kids because that was dan we had eight kids because every kid cost me more of my life cost me more of my practical nature cost me more what i could not afford so made me depend on him and it says in in psalms 27 it says that they're his inheritance oh, come on, someone. who am i to tell my god he can't have an inheritance from my seed in her womb and if I cannot be unified in what God is saying about my family and my own home, then how can I deal with his own children? Oh, come on, church. You're saying, well, Danny, are you telling me that we have to have kids? If that's the way you're looking at it, you just looked at it all wrong. I'm saying God has blessed you. And imagine families where mom and dads were surrendered to raise children for the kingdom of God, and they took whatever God had for them, and they did not take control of one part of life and tell everybody to live by faith, but in their own personal life, they won't live by faith. You cannot live in faith in partiality, it's all or nothing. If He calls them blessings, do you not believe that they're blessings? The only reason they may not look like a blessing is because of you, not because of them. And those eight kids that I have currently, right now, cost me i had when i had four i was like i can't do this anymore and god said great then i had five and i said are you kidding me i cannot do this he says awesome i got to like six and i was like oh whatever (laughs) but i never tell my kids i cannot afford them what's great is my kids want me to have number nine my 16 year old hold the baby see we don't make it about individuals we make it about a unit because we believe that's how the church is supposed to be because we want jesus to show up in our house i'll get home my kids will be like hey dad i'll watch the kids why don't you go out with mom will you let me go out with hot mama i might sweet out it's awesome but you can't give your kids wisdom unless you're listening to wisdom. And wisdom is not something you are. It's something you know that you are not, so you must listen. Remember, poor in spirit means I am not. Meek means I cannot. I am not, therefore I cannot. I am not. I ca- I'm not a father. And I cannot raise these kids. Oh, God. Father, show me today. Do you know why I have to pray in the morning? So I can figure out how to be a father. Not my methodology, but his methodology. I've blown it a few times, more than a few. I look at my kids and say, man, that's not how Father God would do it. He, I'm, would you forgive me? Don't put my mistake on him. Let me repent and, and show you what Father God would do. And when you have peace and unit in a home, and imagine if you brought a bunch of those into church, what would church look like? We always want to rescue all the people that have no, you know, the, the kids that are orphans. I'm all about that. But first better rescue your own home. But what you say about your current kids you currently have because you don't want more says a lot about what your family's gonna be. So you know what's really great? Repent, own it, give it away, let God change it. It might mean you have more kids. <laughs> Some people have asked me, they literally asked me to bless their womb. And I said, well, are you, and they want another kid. I said, you want another kid? Or are you just gonna let God have your womb? And I've had people, I just want, I don't, I don't, I just want more of more kid. I said, I'm not praying for you then. I'm not saying God won't bless you with them. like, that. I, I'm just not personally going to lay my hands on that because I'm all either all or none. And I want to tell you, we live in a sacrifice life at home. So I say, why are you so anointed? Because my home life is not different than my preaching life. You guys catching this? I hope you don't feel condemned. I hope you see opportunity. And imagine, if, even if you can't have kids, you're probably on the age and you made those mistakes. God is so good at redeeming, but don't keep on repeating that message. Give them the new message. Tell young people, go have babies. Live life. Be together. Make love a lot. Hang out together. Have children upon children for their God's inheritance. How many want to go to God's inheritance? It's not your ministry. It's your womb and your seed. You're not, I, I, you're not my inheritance to God. It doesn't say that in scripture. You might be the fruit of my labor, but you're not my inheritance. My inheritance is my children at home. How many know it's pretty awesome? How many have children? How many are starting to realize that's your inheritance? How many want to, how many have blown it a lot? My hands up. I'm not raising my, isn't he so good at redeeming? But let's let the redeeming happen and let's start making the right steps today and let God captivate what's been lost. Isn't he good at figuring out what's lost and fixing it? But we have to own it. Can we just stop again and say god forgive us god forgive me have my seed and have my womb do whatever you want and the ones you've given me let me re-prophesy over them that they were perfect for me to fall more in love with you and the things i've made mistakes may they see you or may they see how bad of a father or mother i am so they can see how good you are but now i give them an earthly image of what a heavenly father is today in jesus name Amen. We just had marriage and kids going on. This place is going to multiply not because a bunch of the people in the world are going to come together but because you're going to come together. Do you understand? When unity happens babies come. Pay attention. Hold on. That's in the physical and that's also in the spiritual realm. How many know when we come together spiritual babies will come?
1: Come church.
0: Now I'm just having fun. Pastor, I hope I'm not stepping my bounds but all right. Let's read this last part and we'll see what happens. 820. Oh my gosh, 820. Fun. All right, where was that? Oh, yeah. Verse 32. All the nations will gather together before him and he'll separate them from one another as the sheep divide his sheep from goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. and the king will say to those his right, Come, you blessed by my father, inherit. You guys remember talking about the difference between entering and inheriting? Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Woo, and I love this. Then the righteous will answer and say, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty, and give you a drink? When do we see you a stranger and take you in? Or naked and clothe you? And when do we see you sick and in prison? And come to you. And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, in as much as you did it to the one of the least of these, my, what's that word? My brethren. That's family business, people. That is not the world. You guys can I've always, most of my life, interpreted of like, oh, we got to go feed the sick and take care of the poor and make sure they have, and he says, take care of your own. And he will draw men unto us. See, we're so busy taking care of the world. We're sick inside. And when they come inside, they see clicks, broken marriages, kids in chaos, and all this stuff. And they have a nice little high experience, but they don't have a revolution of heaven on earth. They're not the answer of the Lord's Prayer. They're still praying to be the answer. But we get to be the answer of the Lord's Prayer, the kingdom of God, here on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, as it is in heaven. We get to actually live that out here and now. But it comes by me loving what he loves, which is first, What? Love him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Do you guys know what that means? Anybody ever power lifted before? Max out of weight? The clothes that I have on right now, I would not be wearing. I had like shorts on, a light t-shirt. I wouldn't be able to carry this watch. The phone out of my pocket, I wouldn't be able to carry that because when you're going to max out, there can be nothing else on you. You got to pay fully of focus just on one thing alone. That's what it means with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength that you love him. And the reason we can love him is we first, what? Receive the author's love so that we can interpret the verses right. So as I receive the author's love and I get this inside of me, then I can begin to interpret the scriptures according to what they say, not what I want them to say. How many know it's a lot easier to love strangers than it is to love your brethren? Oh, well, come on, church. Because you've got to deal with people's crud in this place. Out there, you're just like, yeah, yeah, it's, there's no, you're accountable here, you're not accountable there. And it, And and see when you have the author because you're in love with him and he's in love with you and you have his heartbeat then you understand his word the way he says it and then you're able to love your neighbor your brethren as yourself and do you know your neighbors back in those days they actually lived in family circles the oldest son lived to the right the next son lived next to that one and they were in a circle all the way around you know their neighbor was their family isn't that powerful they love their neighbor as what themselves and here's this deal here And he says that, he said, you fed me when I was naked, when I was poor, when we took care of each other. Then he goes on and says, get away from me. I said, why? Because you didn't feed me when I was hungry. You didn't give me drink when I was thirsty. You didn't give me clothes when I was naked. And who was he talking about? You didn't take care of mine. You didn't take care of my people. Do you guys realize we can lose our inheritance because we're not loving what he loves? Why? Because we're going to marry him as a bride and we must be a body, not separate units this is not about an individual relationship it's about a unit yes as an individual cell you must be saved and healthy but an individual cell by itself doesn't do anything unless it comes together with other cells that's what makes it strong that's what makes it brings life Why do you think you're in marriage? Because you're in love? No, so you can learn how to lay down your life. Why, say then you can come to church so you can love everyone? No, you can learn how to lay down your life to learn how to love. And how do you do that? It's because you first let him love you in your mess so then you can love people in their mess and you become a unit. And if we wait upon the Lord, the Holy Spirit will fall and revival will become to happen and we won't even have to go out to do compassion, they will come in. It's awesome. There's freedom in unity. There's freedom. And the Lord is calling us into repentance. Not because he's mad, because he's excited. <laughs> come on, guys, let's get together. Stop trying to get your signs out there and get the signs and wonders in here. Oh, come on, man. Woo! And I'm not saying we don't see the power of God. We do. But a lot of times we see the power of God for whose benefit? The Holy Spirit is to comfort you so when you're uncomfortable laying down your life for their brother and sister, you'll be okay. Not to comfort you in your individualistic life. To guide you in how to love one another. He's come to bring the bride together. He gave gifts that others, we can actually help others. I I, I try to lay down my life that these guys' gifts can come out, not they can be with my gift. It's to lay down our life for one another. that They can be better, not so they can be in my ministry. Laying down means trying to make them better than you, not you keep them where you're at so you can feel better about you. It's laying down and not looking for a position, but the only position you have is before the floor and saying, get on my back that you get closer to Christ. I lay down my life that you might find him in this place, not for that first. Now listen, we are supposed to still do that stuff, but not at the cost of here. In the dream center where I'm at, Reach Rescue Store, we have a huge thing. So when I talk, I'm not your typical church. We're like you guys. We love to see the lost get saved. And we'll do all kinds of things to see them get saved. But we stopped doing something. At first, we gave all of our clothes and all our food to the lost first. Now we make sure the body's healthy first. They have all they need and they get the leftovers. Somebody asked John Bevere's son. He says, he's got to drive him around as John Bevere was at the church and he got to drive his son around. He's like, okay, I'm with you. He said, I don't want to say anything, but I'm a pastor too. And I want to know, like, how is it at your home? Like, how is John? What's he like as a dad? He goes, Everything you guys get are leftovers. We get the meal. Imagine if we did that in our families, then did that in our churches. That the world would get the leftovers. And how many know? Beggars don't care. Whatever they get, they're pretty excited. But I'm telling you, what they're going to get is better than what beggars get. Come on, church. But see, we had to first fall in love. Pay attention to this. I need to let him love me the way I am so then I can love him. So then I can love you. And then how many know we'll fulfill the commandments? How many want to fulfill the commandment of the Lord? Let him love you. Then love what he's put right next to you. Stop looking around. Let's be unified. There's so many scriptures on unity. I mean, guys, I can just rattle. I mean, the whole the whole Bible. Is basically on unity. I mean, I don't even know what to tell you. I mean, it's like in an incredible amount of stuff, and I, I'm actually kind of just taking a quick note into all my notes that I just study by myself and hang out because I like to just soak things in. But I can't always remember everything. I think I have one other verse I would like to share with you, and then I don't know. We can do whatever you want. I'm just going to rattle off a couple of them without actually going to them. John thirteen thirty four. If you could put that one up there, John 13, 34, and I'll come back to it when you get up there. Romans 12 10 says this prefer others of yourself. Verse 13 says, Take care of the brethren. Take care of the brethren. Verse 12, verse 38 says, I mean, yeah, for three through, yeah, 38. The body, it's one accord, it's one thing. First Corinthians 12, the whole part of 12. Remember, 1 Corinthians 12 is about the body. 1 Corinthians 13 is about love. We try to separate the two. They're not separated, they go together love and the body go together it's what the whole point is he talks about the body he says the holy spirit gives you to be one body how that you would love one another you would first have you not first but have faith what is it faith what's the other one what's that i'm really forgetting for a minute the three hope and love but what's the greatest out of them all We want everybody to have great faith and great hope. That's not the greatest things. It's love that's the greatest things. And we must love what he loves and hate what he hates. You know what he hates? Us neglecting the body for the world. He wants us to take care of the body first. He wants us to love what he loves. He loves these imperfect, crazy people in this room right here. And the ones in Atlanta that are more crazy and freaky. The ones that don't have it all together in this house and love each other deeply and not require, pay attention your pastors to try to have to love everyone so people feel accepted but you love people that pastor doesn't even get to talk to anymore you want your church to get healthy stop requiring your pastors to do all the loving stop requiring them to do all the work they don't get paid to do this church and to do everybody's loving they get paid to sit before the father free them up to sit before the father you want a good word from the father let them hang out with the father don't require them to be on every outreach and, and love everything, do every counseling session, go to every hospital visit. That's not love. That is, that's putting your, their, your junk on them and saying, Well, we pay, you do it. That's not going to work when you stand before the Father. These guys should be retired in most people's businesses. They should be able to spend time with the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, take care of their children, have more children, take care of their children take a nice vacation not because they're rich because they're loved and you should be loving the people that walk in that door that they never need to meet the speaker they meet the speaker through you but see if you don't know who you are you're going to think he's the man of God she's the woman of God they are but so are you you got to let God love you so you believe that and you believe that then you know you're loving a woman of God and how many know you're going to take care of your woman if you know she's a woman of God and if she's not saved then how much more should you lay your life down? Come on, church. Did you get that one up there? Oh, yeah. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also may love one another. Next verse. By this you will know that you are my disciples if you have loved one another. Condition. You get to enter to Jesus and get saved, but you inherit when you love what he loves and hate what he hates. Come on. How many don't just want to enter but inherit? How many want a relationship with him? that you actually love what he loves and hate what he hates so you're doing what he's doing. Not saying, hey, let's go out and be a light. Be a light right here. All right. There's so much more and so much more fun. It says this in in Hebrews 3, 12 to 13. Exhort one another unless your heart is hardened. (laughs) Exhort one another unless your heart's hardened. Lord, let my heart not be hardened. Romans 15 5 says, Pray for you the empowerment of unity. Hebrews 10 24 says, Consider one another, stir up love and good works among each other. Proverbs 13 10 says, Pride divides. Joshua twenty two twenty 20 tells us that sins cost others. We talked about that the other day. Pay attention. First Thess- Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12 to 13. Unity will allow you to be empowered by holiness. Colossians 3 12 says, bearing, forgiving, put on love. Did you hear that it says? Put on love and become a band together. Oh man. Guys, unity. How many want the lost to come to Jesus? Let's deal with one another here and love one another here. Take each other meals. Love one another. We're gonna do a quick thing and we're done. Before you go, you can do this. It's 8:30. How many need to repent and realize we need to start loving what God loves? Let's just do that real quickly. I love repentance and I love the response to repentance. It's healing and immediately empowerment, grace, mercy. Thank you. And empowerment to live different from this point forward. Do you guys realize a lot of healing happening tonight? Marriage, children, house, the church. We're getting healthy. That's what the kingdom the kingdom brings health because God is health. So when he shows up, brings health. So we're actually learning the kingdom life right now. So we talked about the gospel of the kingdom. Now the gospel of the kingdom is coming alive and starting to bear fruit already. I mean, that's cool. Most trees you got to write years. He could do it in hours. So, God, let's just ask God right now, God, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, being focused on everything else, but would you want me to focus on? Lord, I want to love the brethren. Let me feed them when they're hungry. Don't let, no, no, I don't want to put that on my pastor. I want to do that, Lord. Let me clothe them when they're naked. Let me not pull away from the body, but let me pour into the body. Let me love what you love first. Let me have it in the right order. Lord, I know you want the world to come to know you, but they're going to come to know you through our love for one another. Let us love. Let us be one as you're one. Teach us, God. We don't even know how to do it. Lord, not even our good ideas of charity, we don't even know how to do it. We don't even know how to be a unit. But Lord, we know what wisdom is, that we listen. And so Lord, we're going to listen to you right now. We're going to ask God that you show us how we can be a unit and how you want to forgive us, Lord, for our disunity in the body. Lord, we want to be a unit. Lord, let us not ever use a doctrine to separate. Let us always find love to incorporate. Jesus, let it come. How many love to move in the power of God? You're going to get to do that right now. What I want you to do, I want you to fit, you're going to do it three times. I are going to do something real practical and real easy. I've never done this before, so this is really fun. Three times. Why well, I said three? Because first one's always scary, second one, it's just crazy, and third one, woo! If you have a spouse, you get to do it with them first. Then after that, you can go somewhere else if it's going to be guy and girl and I suggest that you have a third person come with you just for a second just so they make sure nothing's weird said and you're going to give them prophetic words of life do you guys know what words of life are? it's when you come up to someone you look in their eyes and you listen for a minute to what the father's saying gosh this man has fire in his eyes but it's surrounded by water and it's not going to quench his flame but his flame was never meant to stay in the same spot But it's not your fault. Just keep your fire stoked. God will deal with the water. And tonight, the water's being drained right now. Freedom's coming. God trusts you. God loves you. You are a man of God. Don't look at anything that hasn't happened. Just look at what has happened. He's empowering you even more. Greater things than you can ever imagine. It's not a chapter change. It's a book change. That's how great of a chapter it's going to happen right now. It's a book change. It's amazing. You don't have to make it happen. It will so flow for you it's all God Woo! all God all God what you touch will be healed even over your own family you pray for your family you don't see the same things we pray for others that is now to begin to stop right now in the name of Jesus when you touch your family the same power you touch with a stranger they will now encounter you will not just be common in your home they'll see fire upon you or well, you'll have common times but with the supernatural God is drawing you into the closet not to hide you away just because he's jealous of your time. 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 It's all he's asking. You give him the time, he'll give you the benefits. That's a good word. It doesn't have to be that crazy. It doesn't have to be that at all. It could just be, man, God loves you. Look in his eyes. But don't just say because you know God loves him, but look and get it and hear, oh my gosh, this kid is on fire. Man double portion of what your father has but not when you're 18 today when your dad prays for people you need to go up and pray with him and then you need to pray for your own people lay your hands on them I don't care if they're 90 30 or 6 you just go lay your hands on them and you don't even have to have words to say just go up there and pretty soon you're going to do that and people are going to go out and you're like "Eh." and you won't even care because you're going to be so caught up you love the Lord and he loves you keep your eyes off of everything though that is not of the Lord you're going to be tempted to think you can get away with it because God's mercy. You use God's mercy, it will cancel some of his grace. Grace means empower you, and you can only give those who empower so that you can trust. Keep your eyes sharp, son, for you're a mighty man of God. Today, not tomorrow, not when you get this gray hair. Now, you should let this guy preach on a Sunday. He'll bring the word. Man of God. Your parents are proud of you, but your father, God, Woo He is stoked on you. He dances. He's like,
1: <laughs> did you see him? He's gonna, Gabriel, come
0: over. Yeah, I see. No, 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 no. That's my man. Do not compare yourself to anyone else because you do yourself a disfavor. Leaders are leaders. They just are. Does not make them more loved? Just more responsible with more reward. You want some big rewards? King. he's hanging out with you so i keep going and going it just gets released it's a lot of fun this is how you bring how many know that brings unity imagine every time you walked in church you're just getting word after word after word and then, dang you walk out of like Whoo! you didn't even hear the pastor yet oh you had to go can i give you a word real quickly come here real quick let me look at your eyes uh, don't leave don't leave yet just give me a half second this is good for you both of you can you have 30 seconds i believe god wants to give you some that's all you can go if you got to go but wow you angelic you sing (laughs) It may not be angelic to everyone else i don't know but the lord loves your voice and he wants to create a love for his voice in you for you you'll tend to hear for others and think and you won't even say because you're afraid of saying because you're afraid of being wrong God says I want to take away your fear of being wrong and the way he's going to take a fear is that you first have to receive his words that he says about you and you have to receive them and go okay I believe you and if you believe those words all of a sudden you will feel this freedom to come up to somebody and go man I hear God for you and you may thus the Lord and baby oh, and almost freak you out when you're saying it but it won't because you've already heard his voice about you you don't always think God's too stoked on you you know he has to love you but he doesn't just love you he likes you I see him. He's holding your hand and you're his daughter, just a little girl. He's just taking you to the park and walking you. And you're waiting for him to tell you what slide to go on, but he's not going to tell you. He says, here's a park. Have a good time. The Lord trusts you. Do you trust yourself now? The Lord absolutely loves you and adores you. May the king continue to reign. Oh. And there's been something you keep on worrying about. It's pretty constant and every time you think you get away from worry something else brings back up the worry again don't worry about it <sighs> why would he tell me that cuz he doesn't want you to worry about it that means he got it do you trust god amen amen awesome all right so right now everybody stand up find 3 people to give a word to life to words find them find them find them find them if you got to go I'll give you one find them find them find them. just find it get up get bold go give body go give body love right now find someone give body love Don't leave without doing it. Give it to three people. Look in their eyes and speak life into them. Look in their eyes. Go, go, go. Students, get up. Guys, get in here. Get in here and do it. You guys better. You guys all need to practice. Not to one another either. Find someone else. Go find someone else. You guys can do it afterwards. Go find someone else. Holy Spirit's coming right now. restoration right now. Demonic forces are falling off right now. Victories are coming right now. Victories are happening right now. Power encounter right now. Lies are being broken off right now. Lies are being destroyed right now. Woo! Lies are being destroyed right now. Healing is taking place. It's been there for years. It's baggage is falling off right now. Baggage is coming off right now. Yes, yes. People are being empowered right now. Right now. The receiver, receive it. Receiver, receive it. Receive that word. Receive that word. Now go, if you got somebody, you got done, go to someone else. Go to someone else. Look in their eyes. Eyes broken off. Find somebody. Doing to someone else. Go find them. Go find them. If they're talking to someone else, you got a word, just put your hand on the shoulder so they know you're next. That's what we do with our kids. You get another word, just put your hand on the shoulder. Come on. It's uncomfortable. The Holy Spirit's going to help you, the comforter. Holy Spirit's going to help you, the comforter, right now. We're activating the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit's being activated right now. Some are uncomfortable receiving. Others are uncomfortable to give. Holy Spirit, come. Comfort them right now. You've been talking to the same person for a minute, go to someone else now. Start to move that off and go to someone else. It feels so good to give a word too, not just receive, so go give one. You got to work for somebody, Put your hand on them. I you your next.
1: Go find somebody. Either talking to somebody. Put your hand on
0: them. Put your hand on them. Grab them. Three people. Stay under. authority here. Three people.
1: You bring life.
0: Have you been given already enough words? Move on to the next person. You
1: bring life through your chains. Person. come on find the find it and give it you bring life find another person don't don't give up God's doing something right now the spirit that raised you up is power the same power that brought you from the grave The same spirit that comforted you is alive in us. Find another person. You're alive in us. Find another person. Oh, you give us life through your children. Be bold. Find another person. You give us a life through. Jealous for our hearts You remind us That you are the one Who heals yes. every broken part
0: Oh Find another person, man Find another person Go, go give it to the ladies oh. Grab another guy
1: It doesn't matter Go. You come alive Through your oh. children You come alive You come alive through your children. Yes. You're changing yes. our hearts, reminding broken. us of who we Victory, are. Holy Spirit, moving. You come to life through your children. right now. Healing hearts right now. Healing hearts right now.